Hey kids, it's your mama bear, the Yeti. I'm just here before the next bear pile to basically let you in on a little thing that we're doing. You'll notice that this episode does not have any music in the background, and that's because we're trying to see if we can't get bear pile sponsored and therefore get more equipment, do more interesting things, maybe do a video podcast every once in a while. So we had an idea. We know that a few of you are into making music, so we'd like to see if maybe one or two of you would like to submit some music for us to play in the background. Now, normally, Bear Pile is about 45 to 50 minutes long, so we're hoping that if enough of you can submit enough music, we'd have enough to play through the whole thing. So basically, if you have maybe two to five minutes of completely original music, we're not looking for covers or instrumental versions... Uh, we'd like you to send it to yeti.film at gmail.com. That's yeti, Y-E-T-T-I, dot film, F-I-L-M, at gmail.com. We would, of course, put your names in whatever credits we put up that week, and we would love, love, love you forever. So, if you could, just send us anything that you want to send us for us to use, unlicensed music. We would love you forever, and thank you very much. If you are an alien, how come you sound like you're from the North? Lots of planets have a North. Welcome to Bear Pile, your pile up of everything geeky and berry. As always, I'm your mother bear, the Yeti, and with me, as always, is the lovely, the talented Jonathan. Yay, me. And this <laughs> week joining us, we have Shane. Say hi, Shane. Hi. We have Mark. Say hi, Mark. Hello. And we also have John Fritch. Greetings, programs. Yeah, your your name is going to be very confusing, so we're going to have we're going to have to refer to you as John Fritch specifically. Just call me Jay Fritch or something. Yeah. (laughs) No, no, no. Sure. It'll it'll be fun little hyphenation. All right. And this week on Bear Pile, we are discussing uh, geeky blind spots. And to break that down further, it's basically. Um, areas of geekdom that we have not been privy to breaking into. Yes. Yes. It's like, it's like if you ever see a post on Facebook or elsewhere and you're just like, what the fuck are they talking about? Do you mean as a society that we haven't broken into? No, I mean more personally. Oh, okay. Like, uh, I would see on Tumblr all this shit about Attack on Titan, and I'm like, what the fuck is it about? Why is everybody getting their jean, creaming their jeans over it? Yeah, it's yeah. more, it's a little, we're gonna go more, I think, broad, like, whole categories. Because, I mean, everyone's yeah. got specific things, very specific things that they've never gotten into. Everyone's seen at least one anime. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. But I'm going to start, like, I've never, um, one of the things that I've never been able to break into, I don't know if it's either just a lack of interest or it's a it's a lack of mechanical know-how, but I've never been able to be a tech geek. So, like, 
my friends are all tech geeks, so they would talk about Pentiums and processors and all that jazz, and I would have no idea what they're talking about. It's all about the Pentiums. <laughs> sure, yeah. And is it is it like is it an area that you like are interested in getting into? You know, learning more about. You know, trying to you know broaden your horizons. I can't say that I am. So, I have very small attention span, and if something doesn't explode within the first five minutes, I I I just can't. I'm not in the mood. It's it's a weird thing that I have being Gemini is that I am not fit for tedium. So tech stuff never really clicked with me, and it just doesn't to this day. Well, you can explode your computer if you don't build it right. <laughs> True. Yeah, I was going to make some, a, a joke about uh, Yeti not liking things that don't explode within five minutes. Yeti smash. But, uh, I, I won't. <laughs> I think I can relate to Yeti on that, except with this, with cars, you know, because sometimes I see people and they're, you know, they're always obsessing about engine parts and decking out their cars and all that. And I don't get it and I don't understand it at all. And I guess I feel that way like Yeti does about electronics and computers and stuff. Yes, cars, even things that guys like even jock stuff can be geeky. People can be geeky about sports. And I, I have a couple of friends, they're furries. But they're gun-wielding furries. They're obsessed with guns. Everything about guns, and I don't understand. But the fuck? But does but does but does but does liking sports make you really a sports geek, or does it just make you a jock? Well, if you're obsessive, if you do the whole fantasy football route, you're pretty much a sports geek. Yeah, yeah. isn't geekiness supposed to denote like an obsession with something, almost like an Definitely. Asperger's like detail yeah, into but, everything? But, yeah, but it's that can kind of make an obsession thing. But that can make anyone a geek about anything, and that means that everyone. Yeah, a that's geek. true. Uh, I think, yeah, like, I, I think we we need to just, like sit down and and actually talk about that because I think that that's an interesting point. Is that, like, what can you be geeky about? I mean, we we have the conventional understanding of geek, but we have to understand that as geek loses its stigma more and more, um, we start seeing that the only real thing that defines a geek is passion. Mm-hmm. So I so I got beat up in high school for nothing? <laughs> no, no, we're still smarter than them. But Okay. okay. <laughs> no, you totally deserved it. Sorry. Oh, oh thanks. Oh, <laughs> I'm no. just kidding. Sorry. Um, so yeah, that's kind of been Chris Hardwick's philosophy. He's the guy who started the Nerdist podcast and even wrote a book all about how you can express your obsession and your nerdery, but with anything, how anything way. can't be nerdy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I'm a big fan of his too, so yeah. Well, I mean, in um, in this has to do with like in Japan, the word for sort of like a geek would be an otaku. And yeah. We, you, I thought we, otaku was specifically towards anime fans. And it, not... In America, the, in the West, that's what it's used for. In Japan, uh, you can be an otaku of anything. Ah. Okay. So it's just a word that means an obsess, obsessive, or someone who's obsessed with something. All right. Sure. So that, that, I think, is like a more understanding of what it, of being a geek actually is. And maybe the American or the Western definition of geek is, is, is sliding more towards that... Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's not the '80s anymore, so 
the idea of geek has not been stigmatized for a very long time. <laughs> All right, so uh, <laughs> let's talk more about your your. Per- I know we heard from Mark. What's uh What's some more of your personal geeky bl- blind spots? Uh, well, Doctor Who has to be the biggest one because honestly, <sighs> I've Fail. never watched. I I never the only thing I've watched really Doctor Who was that 1996 movie where they had the eighth oh, Doctor. No. Oh, and I only no. did it because I was oh, like no. there was nothing else on, and I heard about Doctor Who even back then, and I saw him play. Oh. I was like, eh. And I was like, after that, I was like, okay, this is it. This is what people are all up in arms about. You yeah, are that... fine. You are fine. So many <laughs> Doctor Who fans go crazy over people who say they haven't really watched it, and that makes me disappointed we need to slowly get people into the show i've only seen two yeah. episodes myself only <gasps> sure. you guys no it's fine <laughs> well john well, how about you... john what, what what's your geeky blind spot um john fridge oh yes. maybe sailor moon um, oh my god, you haven't watched Sailor Moon? That shit is the tit. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I I've never I've never gotten into Sailor Moon myself either or any anything really. I guess that's my biggest one. I'm I when all the everyone's talking about all this Japanese stuff, I'm kind of like, "Hmm." Oh, I have not watched one episode of Game of Thrones. Uh, I don't know if I'm proud of that or not. You, you shouldn't be. Don't feel bad. I, I haven't either. Neither have I. Oh I, god. I, I'm not you Guys, but I know I'd like it. That's the cultural revolution right there. I'm sh- I've grown up around it. I've seen everybody go crazy, and I appreciate the most, it. The most Game of Thrones that I've watched was that three-episode arc of South Park. Yes. I understood that. See? I'm good enough. Yeah, all I know is the dragons are coming, apparently. The dragons were there in season one. <laughs> the dragons got there at the end of season one. <laughs> I think my main thing I'm afraid of in getting invested is I'm afraid I'm going to totally get losted. Losted. Lost. That oh, I'm going to invest so much time into this, and then the end, I'm just going to be disappointed because J.R. or George Martin, whatever his name is, seems to be pulling shit out of his ass. And it's no, like. He's no. not Damon Lindelof. But it's I've, I've seen people talk about the books and all, and it seems like he doesn't know where he's going with it. Like they see the last he's two still books writing it. We're noodling basically that it was about he was going to a tangents. No, all at once. every, every uh, I I would disagree heartily with everybody who ever has said that they clearly don't have any idea how character production is done. Speaking of being lost, I never got into Lost. I watched Fringe, but I did not watch Lost. I'm one of the few people who stuck around for Fringe, but not Lost. You're actually all very lucky that you didn't get into Lost. That was I've gotten to Lost, and the perfect way to explain Lost is like having like a really hot sex for six years that never ends, and then at the end, just you think you're about to have the world's best orgasm, and at the end, it's like. Yeah, and that's it. I would have to say that Lost was like having a bag put over your head and then being clubbed and then having an air horn blown in your face simultaneously. <laughs> you were confused and you don't know why this person wants to hurt you so badly. <laughs> so many questions. <laughs> so few answers, but more questions. What about you, Shane? What's your geeky blind spot? Jeez, oh, I don't even know where to begin. <laughs> like, well, Got two hours. <laughs> uh... I have never seen Doctor Who. I don't watch anime. Oh, okay. I 
I've never seen Star Wars. That's probably what. Wait. What? Well, Come on! on. I okay, hate like, Star Wars, and even I've seen them all. The most I know once. about Star Wars is either from what my friend has told me, references in things, or the video games. <laughs> okay, okay. Can 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 you talk about um uh kind of a related topic? What I call cultural osmosis, where you feel Ooh. like you've seen something. Yes. Because you you've seen it or heard about it so much that you feel like you've seen it, but you never actually have. It's is that the kind family of family guy talking? syndrome? Yeah, that's kind of like what 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 uh, what uh, Shane is talking about. You know, like I've never seen the Disney version of Cinderella, that's but funny. I've seen, I've heard so much about it and seen like clips and heard the songs that I feel like I've seen it. Well, well yeah, like I know quotes, I know references i know like things like a sonic screwdriver is from doctor who and a tardis mm-hmm. is from doctor who yeah and alonzi and timey-wimey and like things like that i know it yeah. just by cultural reference and I but have a fez. i don't fezes are cool yeah bow ties are forever or something i don't know <laughs> uh, no, no, you fail. that's I exactly know. how i am with game of thrones i've just picked up some things here and there see i'm yeah. so i'm so weird because I, I don't really experience cultural osmosis because as soon as... Not even for stuff from before your generation? No, because I, I've sought out like a lot of things that oh, okay. are very much like... I Up make it like a habit of every time like I see a fandom, I at least try to get involved with it a little bit. That's nice. Because I, I like I like being part of fandoms. They make me feel like I have friends. and. <laughs> Even though you don't, even though I, no one loves me, yeah. If you never went through cultural osmosis. You probably never been on Tumblr because Tumblr basically is like you go there and you're inundated with fandoms: My Little Pony, Attack on Titan, what Doctor Who, this? Star Wars, Hunger Games, and you're mm-hmm. all like, it's all in your face, twenty four seven. Tumblr ruins everything. I the day that the new Doctor's uh, new costume was announced, I just cured by. And it was literally like like five hours after they released the photo. And I'm like, really? Really, Tumblr? Yes, sadly, I know what you're talking about. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm scrolling for hours through all that. Ugh. But, yeah. But again, like that, uh, Tumblr doesn't really count as cultural osmosis for me because as soon as I see like a big something getting traction on there, that's where I get the seek urge to seek it out. So, like, Attack on Titan got really big this summer, and the instant I, I saw, I think I saw maybe one or two gifts of it, and within the hour I had figured out what it was and was watching the first episode. And we all know Tumblr is for porn. <laughs> Tumblr's your gateway drug, basically. Yeah. 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 It's just like... So uh, many chips. I eat up... taste and you're hooked. I eat up entertainment. Like, anything that has to do with the entertainment industry, I devour it. You are a big consumer. We should all be like you. <laughs> um, again, it's uh, my blind spots are, are things where, um, you know what? I do have one um, entertainment blind spot, and I, I have not watched a lot of those uh, sort of lower-budget sci-fi shows that like were on... Sharknado? No, like like that were on in like the the late nineties, early two thousands. Like oh, like like like, like Hercules and Farscape. Xena. No, those those are more fantasy, John. I'm talking like Farscape or uh, Stargate. Farscape was fairly decently budgeted. I thought it was it was good. Uh, I never seen them. Um, I never saw any any of the Stargates. 
Uh, I haven't either. Yeah. Me yeah, neither. I've seen a few episodes. It's fun. I saw the mo- the movie, but that's I never really got into the series. Isn't Stargate still on or something? It's not. <laughs> I don't think it's on. Not no, really. I think <laughs> there's finally all the all the the spinoffs. I think they're all finished or canceled. They have closed the gates, and I, I <laughs> never seen. What's the one with the Cylons? I never saw that one. That's Battlestar Battle Galactica. Galactica. Yeah, yeah, I never saw that one. That was, I've not that seen it really either. Good. Honestly, really? I haven't watched it either. I only know a little bit because of Tumblr. That's about it. I've seen, oh, the, I've, I've seen every episode. It's great. I've seen most of the prequel, which is called Caprica. Yeah, actually, the the yeah, and the problem with <clears throat> with Battlestar Galactica is it started out great, and then it got popular, and I think the writers went, "Oh shit, people like this. We're gonna oh, have no. to make several seasons of this. Oh shit, what do we do?" <laughs> it basically got lost it as well because at the end it seemed like the writers are pulling shit out of their asses. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about I guess um, I guess areas you think that mainstream geekdom has a blind spot in. Let's talk about that for a little bit. Is this not entertainment related per se? It's whatever. Whatever you think that mainstream geekdom has ignored. Guns. Hmm. Guns. (laughs) See, I don't... I I think, like, there... Especially since zombies have become a new big thing, um, I definitely think guns have gotten more in... Like, I know what a Beretta is, and I didn't know what a Beretta was, say, like, two years ago. Yeah. Are people who know every weapon in Call of Duty, are they... Tra- they're not traditional nerds, but they are nerds in some way. Yeah, uh, I I definitely think that that a lot of, you know, the the people that, that you used to think of as playing, like, you know, these kind of bros that play those kind of games are starting to identify as geeks, too. I don't know. I don't know how to feel about that, that now dude bros are all of a sudden, like, they're appropriating our culture. Well, isn't that what always happens? Isn't that what happened to African Americans when white people appropriated their culture and created rock and roll and, and, and hip-hop at yeah, a later we time? Stole it. We Pretty totally much stole rock and roll was stolen from them, if you think about it. Well, and, and that's the same thing happens when things become mainstream. I mean, the same thing is happening. I mean, look in the gay culture. I mean, you know, that happened... Um, maybe 10 years ago with the whole um, uh, metrosexual kind of trend that was popular for a while. And, and I think that's just, I think that's just a part of cultural assimilation. When, when, when a subculture starts to get assimilated into the mainstream, its culture is appropriated into and, and and sewn into the whole fabric of the culture. And now every guy, resistance is futile. Yes. And now every guy has a beard. Things to the bears. Mm. Wow! Thanks to the hipsters. Oh, I, no. that's another thing I feel ambiguous about because it throws me off. It's like, is he one of us or is he just another hipster douche? No, we're getting off topic. <laughs> well, and, and and that's that's just that's just the that's just trends. You know, facial hair was popular in the eighteen hundreds too. So, well, let's get let's get back on track. Uh, anybody else have any other things that they think that mainstream geeky culture has sort of ignored? Yeah, uh, sports. Mm. That's uh, well, I don't know. Just like we were talking earlier, you know. I mean, I know much about it, but what about music? Um, no, I usually see a lot of geeky people get into that. Especially, it has to do with Japan animation or whatever the theme song. 
and you have Peace things. Off, that's it. Yeah, you have things like chip tunes, which is Yay. like it's basically like music specifically designed by and for nerds who played eight bit video games. Well, not just not just that, but 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 what about Filk and and Nerdcore and all that stuff? I mean, geez, well, Jonathan Colton. You said Colton. Filk. Is that like? Filk. What's, it's 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 nerdy folk it's ner- nerdy folk music it's um it was it was the first like pure nerd themed uh music it's like they they it started out at star trek conventions is basically with star trek lyrics and and it's kind of expanded oh like jonathan colson or colton or whatever his last name is yeah colton colton yeah, colton, yeah right, yeah, right there's right, a right. lot of there's a lot of them Still i mean alive. and then you can even you can, oh go ahead and we we all we also have things like um, Wizard Rock and uh, Doctor Rock. Um, Doctor think... Rock, yeah, yeah, like, yeah Doctor Who themed music. Doctor Who themed rock, and then oh, you have Harry yeah. Potter themed rock, which is the Chameleon Circuit. Yeah, 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 the Chameleon Circuit. You have Luna, and the, you have uh, the Whomping wo- uh, Willows, and Luna and the Love Goods, like a whole bunch and of MC, bands. MC Front a lot, mm-hmm. and um, Twilight those, bands. Oh, yeah. please, God. We, we, don't, dis- we don't discuss those. <laughs> no. But yeah, the there's one band it. I'm a big fan of, and they basically do Mega Man lyric, uh, uh, song, the, the music from Mega Man as rock, and they put lyrics over it, and it's fucking awesome. And now oh. uh, we have the guys who did uh, Game Grumps, who just came out with Star Bombs, and now we have yes. nerdy comedy music. There's always been nerdy comedy music, though. Weird Al Yankovic is their patron saint. Hard and Firm. That's Hard and Firm. They did a whole song with Pi lyrics. The number Pi. I must have missed that. Yeah. um, Another. There was that in the 80s. There was a song that got huge called Star Trekkin'. Oh, yeah. Okay. uh, Another thing you're going to talk about, um, you know, as far as as blind spots, sometimes there's there's deliberate blind spots. Like, Like, I've experienced this thing where... Okay, I'm I'm a little bit older than y'all, and uh, I, I know. How old yeah. are you, really? I'm 33. And when I was I, in high school, I, I, when I was, bitch. Well, okay. Well, either way, when I when I was in high school, is when Pokemon first started. Okay, when I was like a junior senior in high school, and at that point, it was d- definitely for 10, 11, 12 year olds, and that's who it was marketed to, and that's who liked it, and that's who played it. And all my friends were the nerds. We we actually had a group of us. We called ourselves the nerds with power. We were pretty cool, or we thought we were pretty cool. And um, we totally just bashed it, made fun of it, and hated it on it. And now oh. all these you know older you know guys are, are older and they're in their twenties and they still love it. And I'm just like Pokemon. That's like the epitome of being uncool. What are you guys talking about? Well, isn't you that the whole point? My childhood. Because you were a child when I was older. Well, the, the whole point of being a nerd is that you don't have to be cool. You don't yeah. have to grow but, up, but, really. But even right. even even the nerds made fun of of it, is what I'm saying. You know, even even the nerds thought it was yeah, thought it was too you know too nerdy. You know, so uh, you know sometimes there's self imposed blind spots because I, I still have a hard time getting over the fact that it, it was considered something that was like childish when I was. But that's, what did that's you? What did you and your friends carry over from your childhoods? Oh well, we were we were all big Star Trek nerds because we yeah generation. So Pokemon and Star Trek, they're both still going. So you 
both generations can still be into yeah. them. Yeah, oh, absolutely. And, and now it almost feels like Star Trek, being a Star Trek uh, nerd is almost a little dated, you know? Well, it's kind of it's ubiquitous. Not... I think everybody's yeah. seen at least one iteration of Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, I but I mean, yeah, but it seems like, you know, being a Star Trek nerd is not as as in as being like a Doctor Who nerd, which I am as well, you know. Right now, Doctor Who is the big sci-fi, popular sci-fi thing. So. Well, that, that's, that's the thing. You're always going to have like the big um, popular thing, but that like that's, that's just like the gateway, the modern gateway drug into nerd. Yeah, absolutely. I'd say also be... I think we're... Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, could that be just because Doctor Who's still going and Star Trek isn't going? Well, it is. Star Trek is... movies. Yeah, it's Almost. just not. It's just not on all the time, and it doesn't. It doesn't. Cause, I mean, Doctor Who causes this ra- rabid fandom. Like, I mean, the way people are like, "Oh my God, what's going to happen next?" Next episode, ah, who's going to be the new companion? Ah, it's the next Doctor. What is he going to wear? Ah, no well, one, no one, no one cares what Kirk's going to be doing in the next movie. No one, no one freaks out about it. Well, maybe that's because they saw the second movie. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, the remix of Khan, I call it. <laughs> I think all of these properties and fandoms that we have right now, we're going to have at least 40 years from now. I don't think they're going to die. I think they're just going to keep on reiterating. Well, that's the thing. We live in an age where remaking things because there's money in it is a viable business model. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they just remade Superman just last year. Oh, my God. You mean you mean two hours of, of, of a city being destroyed? Very much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, are there any like are there any real like holdouts uh, just across the board in mainstream geek culture that we see that we just that just they're completely ignoring this one thing? I think the main thing is probably My Little Pony because I think people are afraid of the stigma attached to it. Like, you like girl stuff or you like kids stuff or you must be a perv or something like that. That that has a sort of rabid, hardcore adult fan base. Right, but I've talked to a lot of nerds and some of them Mm. want to avoid... Just like you you, earlier, your friends mocked Pokemon and distanced yourself from it because you felt that it was going to make you look bad or uncool. And now that same feeling as with My Little Pony where some nerds are like, I don't like it or I don't want people to know that I like it. I'm distancing myself from it. You know? Mm-hmm. Well, and, and then, there, then there's, um, you know, there's some weird fandoms out there. Like, have, did you guys hear about the um, the whole thing about the Holmesies? No. The, what? The what? No, uh, and it's not Sherlock Holmes. It's, it's fans of uh, that guy, James Holmes, the guy that that shot up that movie theater yeah. in Colorado, he actually has a fandom. Oh, why? Of course he does. Because hey. people are weird. Hey, remember, people are obsessed with Charles Manson, and he did a lot of fucked up shit. I understand being fascinated by a murderer. Like, I don't understand being a fan of a murderer. Yeah, it's it, it's really it's really sick. It's it's just disgusting. Yeah, I'll never get that at all. I but, know a good geeky blind spot. It's that's being a sex nerd. Um, I yeah, elaborate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's, there's sexual. This, there's this woman who does a podcast, and she goes by Sex Nerd Sandra. That's mm. that's what she goes by, and people just ask her lots of stuff, 
she knows everything there is to know about toys or bondage, whatever you want to know. Um, I, I think that like being sort of sexually deviant is more acceptable in the nerd community than it is anywhere else. So, uh, I and think you could be obsessive about that. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I don't, I think that it's just sort of, uh, being more sexually active is just something that nerds have just across the board. Cause I've, I know like me and all my nerdy friends and we didn't get laid in high school. So we made up for it in our college days. Mm-hmm. Compensating. Yep. And like, that was like, a, that was the number one subject of our dinners was just like, weird sex stuff just like anything we could talk about i think we we spent we got almost got kicked out of a tji fridays because we talked about yiffing for an hour and a half oh, did you guys God. get something from bad dragon uh no we did not i was i it was me explaining to a room full of straight normal people what yiffing was uh, <laughs> wait 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 what what does yiffing mean oh yiffing no. is, you really want to know it's when furries have sex yeah, you didn't want to know that. <laughs> I think furries are cute. Yeah, I mean, yipping is cute. I mean, furries are a very cute, very cute group of people. I adore them. They are, and and, and you and, can be nerdy about furry sex toys. You can. They have yeah, a website. I, I think furries are another thing that are kind of ostracized in the mainstream, you know, geeky community. I I see a lot of anti-furry stuff, and I don't understand why. Yeah, neither do I. Yeah. I'm not against furries. I'm not against anybody, but I can. Except for I can, bromies. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that I can understand that some people would be really freaked out or weirded out about it, you know. And it's one thing to be freaked out about, but it's another thing to be like hating on it, you know. It's like it doesn't affect your life, so just leave them alone, you know. You can be freaked out by something, but you don't have to say anything. Right, you know. Just keep it to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, so that leads us to, like, another question is just, like, the things that we've ostracized again. Um, you know, is it is a majority of it for a good reason? Or, like we said, the Holmesies, we have the example of the Holmesies. Like, those are obviously ostracized from mainstream nerd culture just by our very reaction to them. Yeah. Um, but then again, we have the furries, which are a group of people that haven't really done anything to anybody, and yet they get a lot of hate. So... Yeah. I mean, overall, like, do we do we see the 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 things that we ignore as being a good idea or a bad idea? Well, I think it's I think it's good if it's something you know something like you know glorifying you know a murderer, a psychopathic murderer. You know, again, it's one it's one thing it's one thing to you know to be interested in, you know, reading about the case and stuff like that. And it's a completely other thing to, uh, you know, to glorify it, you know, but if it's something that's not hurting anyone like the furries or the, or the bronies, then who are we to judge? You know, no, I don't, I you know don't, what? should we, should we talk about like 13 year old <laughs> girl obsession? Because well, yeah, that's, there's, there, there's I, another yeah. thing, um, you know, uh, uh, John was talking about, about Chris Hardwick, he was talking on a show about this exact same thing on his on his podcast. It's not for you. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not for you. And why are you making a big deal about it if it's not for you? Mm-hmm. You know, if 
ignore it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Walk away. There's some there's some fandoms that I find to be um, destructive in their propagation of chosen media, um, like such as uh, Twilight fandom. Like I think uh... in in my in my in my humble opinion, I found Twilight to be a poorly written statutory rape manual. That uh, it was just like okay, you know, I get it. Thirteen year old girls need to be obsessed about something, but don't you like like when do when do like you step in and say okay we probably shouldn't celebrate this because there's rape in it and stalking and and spousal abuse and and it glorifies all of these things and romanticizes them yeah i, don't I think agree there with was you. rape uh, well, it's she was. Story. Yeah, she's not she of legal age to consent. And he was they way married. over eighteen. Wait, yeah, they got bit. married and then they had sex. Yeah. But at least that happened after she was old enough. I should say. She I should say. I should say it has implications of statutory rape rather than demonstrative statutory rape. It's because it has more demonstrations of pedophilia than anything else. Sure. He was obsessed with her, like sleeping outside her window, watch her sleep, and mm-hmm. this was when she was still underage. Well, he constantly refers to her. Uh, I don't want to get too deep into it, but it was just like to illustrate the point. It was it was a book where uh, a grossly older male corners an adolescent female, um, sexualizes her for an entire book, and then emotionally and physically abuses her. And it's all romanticized. I've read all the books, and that is true. You can say yeah, that. Yeah, I would agree. Oh. Agree and, no, and then the worst part's the end when she has a baby, and then that werewolf guy sees the baby and falls in love with it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm like, like <laughs> that's disgusting on so many levels. Uh, again, something, something with a fandom like this where there's heavy overtones of pedophilia – why when do we step in and say we probably shouldn't celebrate this you guys should break up this fandom so i'd be fine with twilight if it was insulary if it was its own little thing but the problem with it is that it's it's infected the rest of pop culture it's it's made the people who make things obsessed with trying to recreate that and that's that's a big problem yeah so we do have like the young adult fiction then you know flooded with the clones the twilight clones so you have the evidence of like a a fandom that then floods the rest of the genre so again i these are things that are very much in our 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 eye so these are things that didn't escape our blind spot unfortunately <laughs> um yeah. almost but i i think like among mainstream geeky culture, culture that is specifically centered around geeks and not, you know, pop culture so much. I think Twilight is sectioned off and stigmatized. As it should be. Yeah. So, again, I think that it's it's a tool, like this ostracization is a tool that we can use to sort of take bits and pieces of, of a mainstream culture that's very much not very concerned with putting out the best product and we can ostracize it. We can vote with our money. Pretty much. There we go. Vote your wallet. Let your wallet speak yeah, for you. Vote with your wallet. That's what most yes. people say. <laughs> with your illegal downloads. 
That so, would never happen. Again, can we, oh, I'm a pirate. Can we think of uh, anything else, particularly that um, the culture sort of needs to get into? Um, to be honest, even though, like I said, we're talking about geeky stuff, we haven't really talked about the gay stuff. That even though mm-hmm. I'm a geek, sometimes there's parts of gay culture that I'm blind to. Gay Maybe history. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Like 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 RuPaul's Drag Race. What the fuck? Yeah, the exactly. Hell? That's what I'm thinking. I've never seen that at all. Well, I'm I'm basically it is the best reality television show that's ever been made. And if you're not watching it, something. Oh come on! It is. It. I'm sorry. I've watched reality TV before. Reality TV is usually not something that's well made. It's not something that's well thought out, and it's not something that's scripted particularly well. In all these that's... areas, RuPaul's Drag Race tops them all. Plus, I thought reality TV wasn't supposed to be scripted. That's a vicious lie, and whoever <laughs> told you that was, lie. was was wrong. Reality TV show, the best reality TV show is a mix of reality versus scripting. Um, especially on a competition show. And RuPaul's Drag Race has extremely good rating. Which is... I'll agree that it's definitely well produced, but drag is just not for me. So that is a blind mm-hmm. spot of mine. Yeah, definitely. Def- yeah. Not yeah, drag in general is definitely something that I have a blind spot in, in the gay culture, and also I think you know a lot of a lot of stuff like, like a lot of the um, I guess like the leather community and stuff like that. I you know <laughs> I, I, I it's something I'm interested in, but it's definitely something I've never gotten into because I've always felt a little intimidated by it. Okay, the, th- uh, the thing is, I I can't really get into. It. I see it, and I'm like, to me, leather is just clothing. And I don't get too. the fetish, and, and 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 really, I don't like leather either. I sit on a leather couch, and I either slip off or I make that farting sound. Oh. And then when it gets hot, it gets all sticky and eh, and I'm like, and you want to wear that? Mm. I, I, people think that's hot. I mean, I'm not going to give people grief for liking that. If they like that, that's cool. But personally, I don't see the appeal of it at all. The the difference between geeky, um, between geeky blind spots and gay blind spots. Um, especially on a personal level, is that these are usually things that we are uh, biologically sexually attracted to. So things, especially like the leather and the bondage community, that's that's something that you're sexually attracted to. So it's something that you're you're hardwired to enjoy, rather than some say like something that you've learned to enjoy or you've come to enjoy or you know you watched it with your friends, so it's dear to you. Well, sometimes it can be learned, too, because I've heard a lot of people that are like, oh, I wasn't really into S&M until I heard about it or learned more about it. Mm-hmm. Well, again, it, you have to try it, and then it becomes, you know, a sexual fetish, but right. you can't learn sort of sort of. Well, a, you can learn about it, you just can't learn to like it. Yeah. Or, right. You can't force your body to enjoy it. Right. Unless so. you truly do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I think we, we, we should, in that vein that it's more important to focus on cultural blind spots with a gay community. Because I, I think that they have we have some pretty bad ones. Um, gay homeless youth is a huge one that I, I think with, needs to stop being a blind spot, especially. Because we have, we have a lot of kids who get kicked out of their homes early and... You know, I was a friend, friends with a lot of these kids when I was when I was young. They got kicked out of their houses and they start turning tricks and, you know, 
it's you you think it's something that was sold out in the eighties, but it's really something that continues mm. yeah that's that, that, that's the sad thing you know and that you know that uh that that issue is ignored not just in the gay community but in the culture in at large you know people turn a blind eye to it you know mm-hmm. and I hardly know anything about real gay history throughout the ages of time. I mean, well, it, it's not, it's something that's not taught in schools no. and it's, it's honestly something that you, you have to learn for yourself. And it's yeah. for, for me, history is extremely important for people to learn, especially in the gay community. Um, because especially in our community, we are at a risk of, uh, assimilization and heteronormatization, um, to the point where people don't know their history at all and they're trying desperately to be um, just like everybody else. Well, isn't that what happened? Isn't that kind of the history of America, though? The melting pot, you know, all these different... I mean, who nowadays, other than on St. Patrick's Day, since it's right around then, um, that is Irish, really knows a lot about Irish culture? Or, you know, who knows, you know, who knows a whole lot about African-American culture? That's just, that's just part of a assimilation, not just, you know, among gays. The the difference is, the difference is that these things are taught in schools. You learn about the British occupation of Ireland. You learn about, especially in America, the history of African-Americans in in America. So Mm -hmm. it's part of your education we, I mean, we do now, but did mm. did did we learn about that in the forties and fifties? Probably not. No, no, we were still backwards then as a society. So it, it takes time. Maybe in mm. fifty years, you know, LGBT there'll be a chapter on LGBT history in high school history classes. But uh, I, th- the difference here is that we don't have um, a genetic lineage keeping us going. We don't have traditions that we pass from mother to son. So, Mm -hmm. like... Yeah, it has to be passed laterally instead of... Yeah, because we don't generally breed. So, so the traditions... The traditions of the gay community have a very high potential of getting lost in the shuffle. You know, you learn learn it from from friends and from going out and and meeting people and stuff like that. And that's true, so... But I think because we 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 still know these things a lot because I think a lot of of our older uh, generation of gays are still around to teach us. What I'm worried about is that the interest of our history wanes because you don't have to learn it. So why would you? In other and, words, and I- we need more Quentin Crisps out there. People, uh, older gay men or women who have been out there and have lived through the culture before it was acceptable. And can uh, uh, let us know about what it was like back then. Basically, well, what I want we to tr- learn history from yeah. our daddy bears. Basically, what we yeah. really need is is more of a desire in our own community to learn it. Well, and that's a problem, just because I mean it's not so bad in the in the bear community, but in the gay community as a whole, being older and being gay is just the worst thing in the world. You know. Like, yeah, when you you're know, thirty, I- you don't exist anymore. Yeah, but luckily the the bear community is better about that. I've noticed I get I get hit on more since I've turned thirty than I did when I was in my twenties. So, uh-huh. <laughs> but at the same time, a lot of it doesn't seem to be a respect so much as a sexual or fetishization. Mm-hmm. That's, That's the thing. 
You know, it, it has to be like a respectful thing, not just, oh, you, yeah, you're a salt and pepper daddy bear doomy, you know? Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 but I agree. You know, I, I think I think we need to, I think we need to, you know, just like in any culture, we need to, you know, respect our elders, you know, we need to learn from them and listen to them and, and understand that, that they're, you know, that they have something to, to provide, you know, you know, culturally. I respect you, John. I'm not that old. <laughs> I'm the oldest one here. Respect me now. Announce oh, me, all of you peons. What do you think? What do you think? You know, seeing that, uh, uh, Shane, you're, you, I, I know you just turned thirty. How, do, how does it feel? Um, it feels weird, actually. Like, it, it feels like I just didn't really exist in the world before I was thirty because mm-hmm. no one really paid attention. Yeah, you're you're someone who's kind of new in the in the gay world, you know. I I, well, yeah, I, I hope yeah. you don't mind saying, you know, you just recently came out, and and uh, how does it? Congratulations. I know, how, yeah, how does how does it feel, you know, trying to trying to get into the culture? I know it's been kind of a challenge sometimes for you, Shane. Actually, um, yeah, I was gonna say something. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> um, well, like when you invite me to the Geeky Bears, right? It was like. It was like all of a sudden I just had this, this outlet, this place where I could talk to a bunch of different people. And sexy people. Yeah. Wow, it just got really quiet. <laughs> yeah. While you Tell were talking. Us. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like I don't know, it was it was nice. It was there was people I could talk to about things, I could ask questions. There was a lot of knowledgeable people, not a lot of judgment. It was just, it was a really nice thing to be a part of. And then all that changed when the Fire Nation attacked. (laughs) (laughs) Then we lost the wind crystal, and that was where everything went downhill. But yeah, I don't know. If anybody doesn't know. (laughs) I got that. Then you put in a Final Fantasy reference after that. You mix genres very bad, Shane, very bad. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just, it's hard. It's hard coming out later in life, I would say. And being in a smaller town, there's just, like, like you said, like if there's no history, there's no nothing. Like no, like I wrote. Sorry, I'm interrupting myself. Um, I wrote a post in the 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 group where it was like, I wish there was a guide to being gay, and this kind of ties into the whole history thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, if we just... pay attention, um, I mean, this, this implies that there's a default to being gay. Um, and well, see the, not be... so much, but like just more of a, I don't know, like more of a knowledge base, more of a, mm-hmm. just things to look out for things to, look forward to things to want to see and experience things to, you know, learn from my mistake type of thing. Okay. So as sort of an outro, uh, why don't we all go around and we're going to name at least one thing, uh, for each person that we think that the community as a whole should get into more. I'll go next. I I was thinking about it. Um, all right. I know this might sound strange. I'm sure a lot of people are into it, but X-Men comics. Like, 
The thing is, a lot of people probably used to read it, and then they think it's like that '90s crap where it was all with the pouches and the and the explosions and the no feet and the chick with the huge boobs, you know, and and all that. But now I've been reading it, and it's gotten really good lately because Joss Whedon, like one of the king of the geeks, been writing for it, and the run with Matt Fraction was amazing, and it's so much different now because Jean is dead. She's staying dead, please. And Emma uh, Emma Frost, the White Queen. Is uh, well, this is not what's supposed to because this has been on for a while. Emma, Emma, uh, Emma Frost, the White Queen, is now basically taking her place, and she's banging Cyclops, and he's a complete dick, and it's great. She's a fabulous bitch. He's a he's a total dick, and it's awesome. So, what's changed from the nineties? <laughs> Gene is dead. Scott is a dick. I, I don't see the difference. Okay, well, it's the same, yet it's not the same. It's like that old saying, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And how is Beast doing? He changed again. He was that ape-like thing, then he became a cat-like thing, and now he's something that looks similar to what he does in the movies. I guess they did that to, you know, to bridge the gap between them. Wait, which movie? Like the the new ones, uh... First class and oh, he looks like a terrible Zubilee Zoo monster. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I remember that show too. Yes. Oh God. I'd rather, yes. I'd rather, I'd rather he he looked like Kelsey Grammer to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I wish they had gone with that look. Yes. Uh. Well, John Fritch, why don't you go next? Oh, I say, you know, there's actually a lot of crossover between the bear and furry community, as I'm sure we've all seen, and I wish there was some kind of like positive cartoon or something that people could get into that would show off the furry world pretty well in a nice positive way. But the only thing I can think of that's like that is this comic series. Uh, I forgot what it was called, but it was a furry comic that I read and it was really good. It was really slice of life, really, really like gay friendly, but it just happened to have furry characters in it. Oh, was it called so Carpe if you DM? can get into furries, what? Was it called Carpe Diem? No, it wasn't called that. But anyway, if you can find any way to get more into furry culture, I say go for it because a lot of bears just have a little bit of interest in it, and that could definitely grow. I think for me, uh, the one that everyone, sh- the thing that everyone should get more into is web comics. Yeah, because. Oh, um, yes. They, they're sort of like the modern day graphic novel with a punchline, and I'm really enjoying a lot of them. Uh, my favorite at the moment is, uh, oh god, I'm gonna forget the name of it. Um, questionable content, uh, which is that is absolutely amazing. If you guys get a shot, um, I used to love Dominic Deegan, uh, Oracle for Hire, and I read that faithfully every day for the past 10 years and then it just it just finished i think uh in 2013 um i love saturday morning breakfast cereal uh and you have things like candy comics and uh cyanide and happiness which is another very popular one. Oh, i love that one um i think it's called the devil wears panties is a good one um, but yeah, there's a lot of web comics out there. They're all done by incredible artists. Um, and I really wish I could give them more publicity cause I, I absolutely love them. Well, I have, I have a, a, gosh, I have so many things, so many things you all need to 
We'll pick one. Um, <laughs> I want to recommend a couple podcasts that everyone should listen to. Go for it. That are kind of on these subjects. Uh, there's one from NPR called Pop Culture Happy Hour. You know, they they basically it's a bunch of uh, NPR nerds sitting around and and uh, snarking about pop culture for an hour. It's 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 amazing. Um, and then another one which John Fritsch will squee at is uh, called The Nerdist. Squee. Which is uh, Chris Hardwick, which uh, which you may know from his uh, '90s uh, uh, game show, Singled Out, Singled, Singled Out, Out, and and also uh, Shipmates, which was... Shipmates. I love Shipmates. <laughs> which that was, was basically the train wreckiest show on television. Yes, and well, he would now just... you know him from the Walking Dead after show. Yes, yes, yes. And he, he also has a, a show on Comedy Central called At Midnight, which is awesome. Where they make fun of the internet. And uh, I believe they joke once on on the podcast that they're going to have an after show called Chat Midnight, because <laughs> uh, that's what he does makes after shows of shows. So anyway, I, I recommend those to everybody uh, if you want to get your da- your weekly doses of what's going on in pop culture and uh, great interviews on uh, with celebrities. Um, you see, it's funny because I was thinking about podcasts as well because. Uh... I I kind of fell in love with podcasts a few years ago, and I, I listen to them all the time. And, well, a couple I would like to recognize are uh, Talk Radar, which I loved, because uh, it was like a morning, like a morning zoo type of radio show with, like, sound effects and a soundboard. And it was all about video games and pop culture references and all that fun stuff. And then it kind of branched off into its own thing after they all left uh, the website Games Radar. Um, they turned it into one called Laser Time, which was more about things from the 80s, the 90s, horrible like rap commercials for like cereal, just like all kind of like <laughs> random pop references like that. Um, like everything also... is terrible? Exactly. <laughs> but what was uh, terrible? Everything is terrible. And all right, well, that's all the time we have for Bear Pile today. We want to thank everybody for being here with us. As always, I want to thank my lovely co-host, Jonathan, for helping Aww. me through the wild thicket of podcasting. Yay! And uh, you can find me on, uh, I guess, on Tumblr. Um, my, I have two Tumblrs. I have uh, uh, J-O-N-I-Z-A-A-K, John Isaac, my first and middle name, Uh uh, and that's for all my fan art, and then I have one uh, which is Nerd Cub, Cub with a K, and that's all the nasty stuff that you boys like to look at. So, and I want to thank uh, all of our guests for being here today. Thank you very much, John, for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. I can be found on Facebook since that's where I spend ninety percent of my time. So send me a friend request there. I love you all. And I want to oh. thank you for being here with us today, Shane. Thank you, thank you. Um, uh, <laughs> even though I didn't say very much, but uh, I was so happy to be here. Um, you can find me on Tumblr at BearPal. Um, and yeah, pretty much just that. <laughs> okay, and I want to thank you, Mark, for being here today. Oh, thank you for having me. You guys are great. And as speaking of plugging, I want to plug all of you. So uh, and yes, you can find, and uh, you can, and if anybody else wants to plug me, uh, I can be found on Tumblr uh, yeah. under the name Fury of Firestorm, one whole word, or under the name Mark Miller on Facebook. I think I'll plug you later tonight. What? 
<laughs> and as Canada. always, as always, we would like to thank the wonderful group of Geeky Bears on Facebook for giving us a place to post all this. And if you guys get the chance, please send yourself over to geekybears.com where our lovely father bear, which is Adam Hone, has posted a whole bunch of stuff up on there, including our Not Safe for Work gallery, which I know you boys enjoy. I do. So yeah. if you guys get the inclination, I would highly suggest you get on over there. PM me Log for the password. Back. Oh, yeah, password. Yeah, make sure to uh, personal message one of the admins for the password. Yeah, because it could change. So if you're listening to this late, like, you know, it could be different by then. So we won't mm-hmm. say it on. But uh, again, I'd like to thank all of you for listening and joining us on Bear Pile, uh, which has been your pile up of everything geeky and berry. We'd like to thank you for joining us next time where we will have something new, geeky, and wonderful for you to listen to. But in the meantime, bye-bye, bears. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. I love you all.